So open up your morning light Say a little prayer for I You know that if we are Is to stay alive And Is say the peace in <laughs> It's recording, right? <laughs> <laughs> just made sure. You just ruined Polly Cole. <laughs> Maybe they didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Rick Hatchke. Hi, I'm Drew Steck. I'm Carl Habermel. <laughs> and I'm Mike Schmaltz. And this is... The, the Internet's Maximum Potential! Uh, this is episode 5. Um, we're recording it later than we promised in episode 4, because uh, last night, when we did record an episode featuring Carl Habermel, uh, that was lost to the digital wasteland that Drew uh, discussed in episode <laughs> 2, when we lost half of an episode. Isn't wouldn't that be cool with Twilight Zone though? Where like you go to a digital wasteland where yeah. like all the greatest things of you know like lost the, episodes would be there. Lost episodes, like lost, lost documents, lost, things that you didn't save before. Oh, you know, crap! Genius things that you know are now lost. Ooh, that might be a lot of things I wrote. But the the nice thing. <laughs> you, wait, Carl, did you write them or did you pretend <laughs> that you lost them? Well, you know, Drew, there's a lot of things that are lost and pretended. So for the whole, you know. In that order. So is the digital wasteland <laughs> imaginary <laughs> things that are lost? You know, that you pretended that you typed up? That that's the Twilight crash? Zone twist. Well, <laughs> that's the twist. <laughs> this is all something make-believe. Make-believe. These are the people pretended that they wrote and told their teachers that they were lost. <laughs> you know, when they their computer crashed at 2 a.m. And that's actually a lost episode of the Twilight Zone. Oh, Mike yeah. Schmalz. Coincidentally. The TV historian here. He knows <laughs> He knows yeah. the show. Welcome, Mike. Welcome. <laughs> uh, well, you know you can major in TV history. Well, well done. <laughs> At community college again. <laughs> They're just looking for money right now. Uh, the nice thing about uh, re-recording episode 5 is that we did pick up an additional guest, Mike Schmalls. So uh, we've gone from a two-man show, doubled that, now it's a four-man show. Yo, yo, four-man. <laughs> excited to be here, guys. <laughs> At least our show can do math. Yes, yes, yes good that's know. true. <laughs> oh. uh, well, the big news from this past week, uh, the main reason that we wanted to have you folks on the show, you two, is the news about our kickball team. Yeah! Now, uh, I'll explain. Going into the final week of the season, we were tied with a 6-1 and one record with the other team, Target Zero, for first place. The problem is, our one loss was Target Zero's victory over us. So we needed them to lose if we wanted to go to the playoffs. Yeah. But I have to point out this time that I was not there for that game, the very first game that they lost to Target Zero. I'd just like to say that we've won every single game since. So. Mike Schmalz is the team founder. He's the captain. Uh, he's the one that put together the team. And uh, we really didn't want to see our season end. Here's the thing. Target Zero, their game was at 8 p.m. Our game was at 9 p.m. So we would know going into our game if we had a shot. The catch is, we had to umpire Target Zero's game at 8 o'clock. <laughs> and here's the thing, the team that was playing against Target Zero were short players. Nice thing was, we had extra guys. Four people. So Carl and I ended up filling in and uh, playing for Luna Kicks. For Luna Kicks and against it, Target Zero. And it boiled down to the last play of the game. We were trailing by a run, and... Uh, Luna kicks, the, we kicked it, and it uh, went straight to the pitcher. The girl that was coming in from third got halfway home. She, she got frightened, though, that the ball was being thrown home, and she stopped and like, <laughs> hesitated completely. The ball goes to the catcher. The catcher bobbles it, drops it, and ends up kicking it away. <laughs> so the girl from third scores. The guy from second base comes home. Luna kicks, beats target zero. And Chomp nine, Chomp... 9-8, I think, was the final score. 9-8. Chomp Chomp has an opportunity to win the championship. Mike, tell us what happened. What did we do? Well, we basically just <laughs> dominated. I don't think there was much of a, a chance against... A, well, can I even say the... You can say the team name. Sweaty Balls. With a team name like Sweaty Balls. Any, any team name that's not like you know smart enough to just like, oh, we can't come up with anything creative. Let's rip, rip off you know an Adam Sandler skit from you know <laughs> SNL in the 90s. I, there are more teams, they deserve to lose. There are more teams that I can count that, uh, in this league that have um, names with having to do with male testicular 
pieces and stuff. <laughs> There's a blue balls team, twigs and berries. Eight and a half inches. Eight and a half inches, yes. It's it's ridiculous. I would so, name my team like the Go Balls Deep team. I'm like pretty that. sure there is a team done. that is called Balls Deep. Yeah, <laughs> relatively there, there positive. It's, yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> they were a sponsored team though, Sweaty Balls. They were sponsored by I think Colonel Hearts. It's a bar in one of the Wauwatosa areas. Well, Colonel Hearts, eat that. Yeah, chomp, 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 beat them. Yeah. Oh! So tomorrow night, it's the we we've, we've qualified for the end of the season tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've won our division, and so tomorrow night is the uh, tournament selection show. We'll get to figure out what seating we are and who we're gonna play against, and then Saturday. Um, and an undetermined time, <laughs> we are playing <laughs> yes. in the championship. This is our, our first year as a team. Schmalz, you put together the team. What was your design when, when putting together this group of ragtag individuals? <laughs> a ragtag is definitely the word I would describe. Um, basically just finding people who could play. I wasn't, I was, I was just kind of throwing out invitations to everybody and people were contacting me that I didn't even invite. <laughs> like um, myself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm not going to name names of Rick here. Um, <laughs> force like, force myself catchy. onto the team. Yeah, but you know what? And everybody has definitely stepped up and is is solidified as a as a um, a key role in our victories. Um, Carl, as you said, I mean he's he's actually come out as one of our best uh, kickers. I think up until like about a game. Uh, yeah, ago. like you, you you were batting a thousand. I, I was batting a thousand for the first five games or so that I had played. I got one out. Uh, for the entire season, very up until uh, the very last game when I played for, what was that, what was the other team? Lunacakes. Uh, uh where I got out more times in one game than I had all season long. And they refused to believe me when I was like, he never fouls <laughs> yeah. out. And, I don't yeah. know what they were thinking, because I fouled out. <laughs> but uh, it, was, it was a very, very disappointing. I, I, I took it pretty hard, you know. Yeah. It's alright, you're a good player. Drew yeah. is currently preoccupied with texting someone <laughs> completely uh, that girl, not excluding Drew. himself well, from I the conversation. It's definitely the second time I've heard this. So it was, and even the first time, even the first time I was preoccupied. Yeah, the, you you were texting, you had a date last night. Was uh, it her? Was it her? No, it was, uh, it was um, perhaps my future roommate. Oh. What happened last so night? How did the date go, Drew? <laughs> It went. It went good. It was a good date. I Wait, was it one of? I'm not. I'm not. A I'm a gentleman. A gentleman does not kiss a <laughs> <to tell. laughs> But, but we should explain. Wait, wait, wait. That we should explain. explain. Go ahead, you. Uh, girls are those girls. Yeah. Okay. Um, in the lost episode, me and Carl Habermill had a long discussion about <laughs> Habermill, not Habermill. <laughs> it, it's okay. You know, we're from the West Coast. It's the West Coast pronunciation. <laughs> oh, oh, the California yeah. weed it's I'm sorry. It's from California. So it's cons, Rick, instead of cans. Go um, ahead. Anyway, Rick, uh, we had a discussion about girls, those girls, and those those girls. Yeah. In in order of categories to classify girls in terms of their attractiveness to a certain male. You know, every male has their own different classifications of each woman. Yeah. A attractive girl is a girl, you know. A, she's attractive in terms of personality yeah, yeah. and attractive in terms of looks. Yeah, so she's, she's a girl that, that you'd want to date. Yeah. Now, there's one of those girls who would be a girl who may be attractive, but... Uh, has, like, a fl- has a tragic flaw. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, her personality, a facet of her personality. Or, or just something Or she's... It. Get like missing an eye. I was gonna say missing an arm. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was gonna say lazy eye, but that's <laughs> well, but it's just something that makes you find her unattractive, right? Yeah, you know that you cannot have a sustained relationship yeah. Yeah, with that woman. And those those girls are just girls that um, on several different levels you just can't yeah, find you know, even as much as you'd love to. It ain't gonna happen. I gotta break it to you, you know. And we talked about how, you know, a majority of women who tend to be interested in Carl and I are yeah. those those girls. Are those those girls and it's quite annoying that we find. Um, it should be noted that I don't subscribe to this theory whatsoever. <laughs> and while I think it's ridiculous, Greg Barrett was able to make so many millions of dollars by writing a book that essentially said he's just not that into you. So I think that if you two put your heads together, hammer out like a 200 page, page book, girls, this could be a cash comma, those, those girls, girls, comma, those, those girls. <laughs> we'll I'm market sorry. it, we'll, we'll put it in like Maxim and GQ and guys will be like, I gotta read this. <laughs> I'm saying it's gonna happen. <laughs> It's potential. Maximum so, potential. Anyway, the date went well. Thank you, guys. <laughs> I'm not going to kiss and tell. Sure thing. So you kissed her. 
Well, he's not telling us. <laughs> yeah, I know, but that's what I'm saying. He said he's going to act in a kiss. And tell. <laughs> so can, yeah. he, can he just kiss us? <laughs> well, you, know, you know, if the uh, forensics team at Quantico had this kind of information, they'd be they'd solve everything. Jimmy Hoffa would be found by now. I didn't say that I didn't hug and tell, so Ooh, I guess oh, that implies well, something. But you at least over that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mike Schmals, how does it feel being on the show? It's your first. Carl sort of has a had his, has a rough experience with yeah. the lost episode. How do you feel? I'm, I'm feeling pretty comfy, and these blankets are definitely nice. It's, yeah. it's kind of chilly out here in this nice June evening, but um, we're all like, we're all kind of dolled up like grandmas here. But it's you know, but it definitely adds for a comfortable experience. Um, I think it yeah, makes it very homey. Yeah, it's a little weird being recorded. I guess I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, <laughs> Mike believes that uh, the computer is currently stealing his voice's soul. <laughs> yeah, one vowel. He's from time. a tribe in northern Wisconsin. Or you take pictures of him, his soul's being emitted off of him. I'm gonna leave a shrunken head on your doorstep when I leave. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's you know if that's what you're into, if that's what makes you feel comfortable here, that's you know the Steck family policy is that we you know whatever makes you feel comfortable, go right ahead and do oh. it. Carl and I oh have been friends since uh, <laughs> elementary school, and Mike came into the mix in seventh grade. Uh, we had a social studies class together. Um, Mike, Let's shall jump. we tell them how we met each other? I think I think oh. we're gonna have to now. Uh, I was in the bathroom, washing my hands. Mike Schmalls flushed the urinal and said, "I believe, uh, wow, it's like a waterfall." Because the water came rushing down like a waterfall. Yeah. I found this to be humorous. And I said... As any seventh grader would. Aha! I'm Rick Catch here. What's your name? I said, how do you do? I'm Mike Schmaltz. And from there on, we've... Well, we've been friends ever since. I don't think we've ever visited a bathroom at the same time. No, that we, we've kind of kept that sacred. sacred that now. one experience. Yeah. Certainly not that bathroom. Mike and I, <laughs> Mike and I share a bathroom experience a lot, often. The <laughs> do, do explain, <laughs> please. Sometimes when we go to Taekwondo, we have to change before, either before or after class. Like today, yes, we, we changed after class. And, and, and <laughs> what a story! <laughs> I just got laid out there. Gotta be frank with you guys, okay? If, if you're gonna pull any humor out of it, it's sometimes it's well he leaves and I'm in one stall. And he decides to talk to me and I decide to continue the conversation. But I'm not he's left. And then I ask Carl, "You there?" And I poke my head out and there's a twelve year old kid. <laughs> <laughs> and he got arrested honest. for soliciting a minor. That's like Biggs. It's a big whatever. Well, I'm you know. immediately trying to figure out what have I said in the last thirty seconds to a minute that may have been misconstrued as something just downright wrong to say to someone of that age. Um, <laughs> I should have told Michael we were alone in the bathroom originally when the kid was standing there. Yeah. <laughs> on this, on a similar. Well, that would have been untruthful. On a similar note, seen. though, don't you feel like you don't feel like uh, you know as a, as a young man you feel like there's certain things that you can't do with you know like you can't be as like chummy with you know like kids of that age anymore as you used to be because of the whole big like sex offender thing like today I went to go pick up my brother from uh, high school. And I saw his friend standing there in the corner, and then I asked, he lives kind of near us, and I asked him, I said, hey, uh, do you want to ride? And he said, sure. And then the same, like, I was like, oh, that's just like, you know, common courtesy, and I was waiting for my brother to come well, back. yeah. And he's a friend of my little brother's. Mm-hmm. But I, then I started thinking, you know, what would someone else think? Like, what would a parent <laughs> think if they saw him, like, getting into my car? Like, knowing that I don't look like a parent, like, so knowing that I'm obviously not his parent, and kind of don't look like his brother. Well, I thought I would call that on one on you. And that's the thing. Is like, I feel oh. like I don't know. Like I, I do I do work with the youth and do some of stuff like that. So I feel like sometimes I feel like I don't know. Like you have to be very cautious about things you say or do now because this whole like. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. You can't take little boys in the bathrooms anymore, like you used to. Be able to. <laughs> oh God! And if you would have had like John Ranch or something, post nine eleven, post nine eleven, or like a, a bag of uh, tootsie rolls, or you know. Oh, yeah. And the bed in the front. Yeah, that would have been. You know, like yeah. a children on board. If I lure them in with candy, up. yeah. I can't drive around in my white van anymore. Full of laughing. I can't park my white van in front of elementary school. Reach into the bags. bags. <laughs> See what's in you? No. <laughs> and trail no. off. <laughs> <laughs> That's him driving away. <laughs> Reach into the bag. <laughs> uh, and I burn out and drive. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I can't uh, help 
myself. <laughs> Carl has sort of been uh, a classic figure in our circle of friends. He's always been known as the wild man. Kind of crazy. The loose cannon. Bam! <laughs> <laughs> Unpredictable. Most likely to join a circus on a whim. <laughs> He's also known as our sound, sound effects expert. <laughs> He's our Michael <laughs> Winslow. <laughs> he just likes making sound effects. They may be correct, they may not be correct. But we don't judge him for it. Either way, it enhances the story somehow. <laughs> Whether it's a non sequitur or... <laughs> Whether it's like, that didn't really sound like a tiger, that sounded like a car crash. <laughs> Speaking of car crashes, right? You know, that's that's the way we go. But anyway, Carl. Uh, so, him being the wild man, the loose cannon, the sound effects guy, there's obviously plenty of Carl stories that we can tell. Yes. Um, one of the ones that I shared last time, I want to share it again, is uh, we went to a Milwaukee Admirals hockey game one night. Uh, this is back in high school. And uh, we were purchasing dipping dots. And They're the ice cream of the future, Rick. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just dip in. I'm not sure if there's a G. No, there's a. I'm pretty sure no. There's a. There's a apostrophe. Apostrophe. Apostrophe on the end. Yeah. So it's dip like in. panique at the disco. It's panique. It's trying to be urban, I guess. Dip in dots. Dip in the dots. I guess trying to be hip. Dip into the dots. So the cost of the dip in dots was four twenty five. Are you sure that three twenty five? It was three twenty-five. Okay. Make the sound of a cash register. <laughs> so it was three twenty-five. Carl hands the woman three singles, and as he's handing her the quarter, it falls out of his hand, misses her hand, drops into the barrel, the bucket of strawberry dippin' dots. Oh wow! Make a sound effect of a quarter dropping into dippin' dots. <laughs> it's, well, it's hard to make a sound to a, a you know an item that really didn't make any sound at all. <laughs> it was supposed to be there with the sounds, goddammit. I think it's the theater of the mind, Carl. It's it's it, the sound effect is really me smiling, giving a shrug so at this, the lady, this becomes a, and turning around. This becomes a larger question: Is if a quarter falls into a thing of dipping dots, <laughs> does it make a sound? Are around. People are around. Does it make a noise? So the quarters in the dipping dots. The woman looks at Carl. Carl looks at the woman and shrugs. And I walk away and join the dipping dots. So she's digging through the strawberry dipping dots, trying to find out or find this quarter. She pulls it out. Next customer comes up to the line. It's like this ten-year-old kid, and he orders the strawberry dipping dots. Can I have some strawberry dipping dots, please? <laughs> Apparently, he's from Manchester. No, I didn't. Is he open? There's like a. It's his first time on an American <laughs> hockey game. <laughs> the hockey. Too bad American hockey is Canadian hockey, but it's all right. Oh, Johnny, this beer sucks. Is <laughs> <laughs> a ten-year-old. <laughs> Because they're now selling alcohol at the Dippin' Dots stand. I don't know what Dippin' Dots stands you go to, Rick. But oh, they, they, that's why how it became yeah. urban. <laughs> they sold 40s and Dippin' Dots. Word. Tap on the side. Um, if you happen to own a Dippin' Dots franchise, get on that. Consider it. Consider it like the Chuck E. Cheese's that serve alcohol. <laughs> Something for the parents. Like, what? I can't take more of this rat. I gotta get plastered. These damn kids. Dad hits the rat. <laughs> Dad and kid get asked to go home. I viewed it in my mind as like a YouTube video, like a cell phone camera, but like a dad like stumbling around drunk, just being like, just being like. Uh, did you ever see the Keeper Sutherland video? <laughs> Just like that. Uh, did you ever see the Keeper Sutherland video where he tackles a Christmas tree in the lobby of a hotel? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, anyway, there's this documentary uh, that Keeper Sutherland filmed where he went on tour with one of his bands. He owns a small record label and has several bands. Keeper Sutherland, who's Jack Bauer in 24, and son of legendary actor Donald Sutherland, uh, if you're not familiar. Uh, he owns a small record label. They went to Europe on tour. And uh, he's known for uh, being an alcoholic, among other things. And uh, apparently he got very drunk one night and is in the lobby of a hotel, a very nice hotel in Europe. And uh, one of the members of the band, who's holding the camera, um, he's looking at the camera, just kind of plastered, and they go, 
hey, Kiefer, go tackle that Christmas tree. <laughs> and he's kind of just standing there for a second. He's thinking about it. He's like, okay. And then he waits for another second. And then he just turns around and sprints at this gigantic, like, not Rockefeller-sized Christmas tree, but pretty w- large Christmas tree. Jumps like a springboard onto the tree and just tackles it over. And then you just see security guards, like, sprinting across the lobby at him. But I see this dad just being like, and he's like, Dad, go take out Chuck E. Cheese. The kid's drunk, too, apparently. <laughs> it's the British kid. They're at Chuck E. Cheese after the game. Dad, go tackle on the kid at Chuck E. Cheese. Mickey and the Chuck E. Cheese. He's really drunk. <laughs> this kid is hammered. And uh, the dad just running up and just tackling him, and then, like, the robot parts come out. Okay, I wanted to establish this is the animatronic, <laughs> as opposed Not to the mascot. Like, they have some guy walking around with it. <laughs> get them both! Get them both! One shot! <laughs> Maybe, like, do, like, a, do like a roundhouse kick off of the animatronic straight into the... The dad, apparently, is Chuck Norris, I guess. Huh. You know, he has that illeg- illegitimate British son. <laughs> Walker, Texas Ranger's very big in Europe. <laughs> Doing a promotional tour, things got out of hand. Uh, another uh, story that I, I wanted to bring up is uh, after the game this week, um, even though we performed very well, we won both games, Carl was very upset with his personal performance. Uh, I, was, I was pretty down, yeah, I gotta say. And uh, it made it reminded me of sixth grade. Uh, we were in gym class together. <laughs> Stop being like a child. <laughs> and uh, we were playing floor hockey. <laughs> Uh, Very similar to kickball. <laughs> the score was three to nothing. I was the goalie, and I gave up a goal to a tomboy in our class by the name of Melissa Morris. Yeah, uh, it's okay to say her name because I hardly tell that she's listening. But uh, so it's on the off chance that you are listening, Melissa Morris, the offer is still on the table for six signed Milwaukee Bucks business cards of Rick's, signed by me and Rick. <laughs> yes, no one has contacted us. So if you are listening, Melissa Moore. I heard part of that, but I, I didn't. I didn't hear that whole from episode. So anyhow, <laughs> we lose. We win the game three to one. I get into line. Carl's fuming. <laughs> He's like just pissed off, and it's like, what's the matter, Carl? We won. And he goes, but it could have been a greater win. <laughs> and he doesn't talk to me for a week because we we won a game by two goals as opposed to three. I was hoping for the shutout, and you know, Rick gave it up. And, uh, you know, he paid the consequence for losing that one goal, so. <laughs> Which is a week of not, not talking, talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you let Carl down, he just cuts you out of his life for a week. <laughs> but, but it's not like you didn't win. You just didn't win by one more goal. Exactly. If we win Joke. the championship on Saturday and Carl has an okay game, not his best, He's not going to pose for any of the team pictures with the trophy or acknowledge that we even won. I heard you played on the kickball team, Carl. No, never happened. No, no. Could have been a greater win. Now, it came out last night that you guys are in a summer league. Yes. Yes, yes. I was asked by um, uh, a... <laughs> yeah, okay. This team is... Um, Spit it, it out. Spit it out. Spit it out. Formulate it. Yep, got it. Um... Uh, she subbed for us. Well, her name her name is Kristen. It's one of my girlfriend's friends, um, Tara. Right. Love you, honey. Um, <laughs> she, uh, and She's she, not listening. Uh, <laughs> uh, she, uh, she starts her own league, which is kind of... Uh, the rules of the, the kickball league, it's a co-ed league, um, where you have to have at least four members of each sex on a team. Yeah. Is this the league you're in now or the summer league? Both. The, the, both, both. Okay, both. Yes, both. Both that way. Um, and the way it usually works is it's... Primarily male, and then you find because girls. it's a sport. Yes, it's a sport. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go there, Drew. <laughs> I will. This isn't the W kickball. <laughs> yeah. I was watching TV the other day, and it was like the Dallas Spark or the LA Sparks <laughs> take on like some of the other WNBA yeah, teams, yeah. and I was like. The, the league still exists? I was convinced that it had folded. <laughs> I've got a story about that. You go ahead, though. Go ahead. Uh, so, yeah, usually, usually it's most primarily male, and then you find four girls who are on your team, which is actually how our team works, chomp chomp. Um, but uh, this girl, Kristen, has decided to make a part of a role reversal. And so it's primarily women, and then there's four men. The Sadie's Hawkins, Sadie's Hawkins team. Exactly, yeah. and the, the team is <laughs> took me a while. The team is, is is called Girls on Top, which is <laughs> Girls on Top of Sweaty Balls. That's the full title. 
The shorts are apparently pink. Um, I'm yeah. loving that. Uh, do they have frills? Please. <laughs> you don't have to wear bowers. I'm actually glad they're t-shirts. They, there was a chance they might have been like tank tops or something. I was, that would have been awesome. I was thinking like the uh, the pirate shirt from Seinfeld, but like a poofy <laughs> shirt. Yeah. Yeah, no. So I And um, a couple other members of the team have approached her um, to do it. So I, I believe Matt Templin will also maybe sub one or two nights or something like that. And, and Carl was... I interest. So I th- they, it was a, yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. It starts next Thursday. I will fight, and I will cheer for girls on top. <laughs> cheer for girls on yeah. top. Yeah. Uh, so I will also fight, money. and I will also cheer for girls on top, the kickball team. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, you see what he just did there? <laughs> see, we thought he was talking about the kickball That's team I to thought. begin with. I, that, I wasn't. I was just kind of in my own world, and then I thought, oh, they're also talking about kickball. Um, <laughs> you reminded me when you mentioned when we talked about the WNBA, uh, a friend of mine, Brian, used to work for the Minnesota Timberwolves, and uh, he was an account executive there, so a lot of it involved like cold calling, trying to sell season ticket packages, and um, he was also, since he was working for the Timberwolves, he was also working for the Minnesota Lynx, the WNBA basketball team and basically to close out the sale if you thought you had a good client they would have players from the links in the room so if you thought a sale was going good it'd be like one moment let me let me put you on the phone with chelsea smith power forward for the minnesota links and she would try to close the deal oh wow Oh. Was that successful? Did that work? Apparently, I just I would love if that was what worked, like how it worked in Glen Gary, Glen Ross. <laughs> like instead of always be closing, bring in this closer. <laughs> yeah. From the team. Oh. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, that's. Do they have anything better to do than just sit there selling season tickets? It's, it's, it was the off-season. My so. guess is it's like part of their contract. Like in the NBA, you probably can't do that. But in the WBA, you can structure their contract. So it's like part of it is selling X number of season tickets and they're off the team. <laughs> Must sell. Oh. oh, That was a good laugh. Yeah. <laughs> good guffaw. Mike, have you had? Uh, have you, do you have any trips coming up this summer? Are you going anywhere? I know your family usually goes on some um, sort of vacation. I don't believe there are any big family trips. Yeah, we, I mean, we do a, every once in a while. We do we try to get out of the state, but I think this <laughs> try to escape, escape yeah. what we can <laughs> before the border closes. Have <laughs> um, anything else you want to tell us? About? <laughs> I incidentally work for the INS. <laughs> I think we're going up north a few times, and actually. I'm, I'm, Tara and I are planning a camping trip at some point. She's she's doing it. She loves doing that. I've never actually camped before. We we have a cottage. We have a Sounds like a little bit of role reversal. Now. Yeah, oh. Oh. like girls on tap. I you know I'd be all for planning it. I plan other trips to Chicago and stuff with her. So she this is her realm. I let her do it. <laughs> I've got a camper. It's, we're doing tents. Oh, I'm all I'm all I'm all for the tents. You know. I'll go with you, Carl, and we'll awkwardly sit outside. <laughs> All right. As I'm talking about, Drew. Well, there's actually, like, two beds. We'll bring, like, a bunch of electronics and pretend that we're camping. <laughs> <laughs> a big generator power generator. Yeah. You're guessing. <laughs> um, Carl, you, you've been taking a class recently at MATC. Yeah, I was taking a class down at MATC. Uh, it's a business <laughs> class. That's what you I said. was kind of going back to school. You know, get, kind of getting back into the whole field of things. Much like Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Trying to put one over on that Dean. <laughs> Did you encounter anyone in this, uh, in this class? <laughs> yes. Um, I happened to come across a old girl... Not, she was an old. She wasn't girl. old. I'm saying. Would that, would that make her a lady? She was like a 12 year old in a 30 year old's body. <laughs> yeah, that's like 13 Friday. Jennifer, Jennifer Garner, what? <laughs> that would be who? Um, but basically, no. She was an old classmate of uh, Richard Michaels and mine uh, from the eighth grade. Uh, are we allowed to say her name? Or? Let's not say her name. Right, we're we're not gonna say her name be- primarily because uh, she was coming to class, and then she like within our first couple of weeks, she stopped coming to class. And it wasn't until maybe like a two weeks after that that one of the older guys, uh, he's like, he's being very secretive about this because he'd only tell a couple people at first. He'd be like, 
Carl, come over here. So I go over and say, remember Amanda? I'm thinking, her? No, no, no. Amanda, she had the blonde hair. I'm thinking, I, I, at first I'm like, no. And <laughs> I won't say her last name, Rick, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alright, but in any case, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just totally forgot that I was saying the real name. Um, but from there, he's like, I, I saw her, and he's like, I was at the airport lounge. <laughs> which is a strip club. Which is a strip club yeah, near the airport. It's one of airport. those. And basically, he saw her there, and, and she comes up to him and goes, were you here last week? And he goes, no, I'm in your business class with you at MTC, which is pretty funny. And she, so she felt really embarrassed by it. And uh, But he's not in the business class. She's a professor, she right? Sobbed while no, she he's not the professor. Oh, he's not the professor, he's just in the class? He's, in, he's just the class, yeah. I oh, think. I thought he was like the professor no, of the class, no, no, which would no. be even better. Which would be even weirder that he here's, here's the thing. Uh, Carl couldn't think of her last name last night. He knew her name was Amanda, that she was in eighth grade with us. So last night, after he tells us this, I go home. I go through the 8th grade yearbook, look at the girls who didn't follow us to ninth grade. <laughs> I figure out, and I narrow it down to two girls, <laughs> which ones could possibly be it. One is like, well, she moved to Florida, so it's unlikely it's her. <laughs> the other one, yeah, I can see her as a stripper. <laughs> Here's the thing, today, I'm going through the Shepherd Express. I'm on the back page, I'm looking at an advertisement for RSE Video, which is going out of business. Right next to it, there's an advertisement for the airport lounge. Who's on it? Amanda. <laughs> last name. However, here's the thing. I, I show this ad to Carl and Mike. I'm not sure, but I, like, I just looked at her 8th grade picture. This is a logical <laughs> evolution of how, how she would look now. So not only is she like there, she's like the poster girl for the landing. The airport Barbie. But they only show half of her face, though. Yeah, like, they so cut off. If, you're, if she's the poster girl... Show the whole face, you know. Yeah, maybe show, she show had everything. maybe like two face. She had a terrible scarring accident on the other side of her face. <laughs> we did talk so about we were, that as well. We were thinking about that. <laughs> that she wears like a Phantom of the Opera mask. <laughs> They're getting cheap on advertising. Supposed to be. But a she did wear a Maybe that's one of her other characters besides Barbie. One of her other characters is the Phantom, <laughs> where she, she comes, comes out, out and dances to Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. <laughs> think of me. Think, think of me. It's just a whole montage. Think of me stripping. It's, it's a whole <laughs> montage. Andrew Lloyd Webber, it goes from uh, Phantom of the Opera to Cats to Dude, Joseph and the Amazing Technical to Dreamcoat. It's a it's a really phenomenal show that she puts on. <laughs> I, the she production does, value of going on. She dies like a Vita. Uh, we actually recommend it. Thursday nights, 8 o'clock at the, uh, airport, at the airport, airport. On Howell. Airport Lounge on Howell. Yes. Yeah, so. well, Mike's a little familiar with the airport. <laughs> you know, it's on uh, 1319 Howell. <laughs> Well, I happen to go there, actually, not there. <laughs> I happen to go there today what? for brunch. <laughs> the lunch special is fabulous. Crab, crab, crab. All you can eat, all you can eat, guys. <laughs> no, I was, I actually... I eat out, fun, I think I have to go. Funny connecting story, I actually had to meet somebody at a bar that was close to there. Um, it's right next to the Landmark Inn, which I I recommend that bar. It's actually really nice, large, oldest bar in Milwaukee. Um, it's got a lot of, largest number of beers on tap out of any bar in Milwaukee, it's good stuff. And and I was supposed to meet uh, actually a friend at the. He said a bar next to there, and I said, okay, well I know there's a strip club on one side. And that's all I remember. <laughs> but you so, knew there was a strip club on one yes. side before you went. So yeah. your whole story is you still may have be frequent there. <laughs> it's been a, it's it's been the butt of many jokes, Brian. <laughs> um, I I actually uh, when I worked at Blockbuster, there was a girl who I worked with, and her mom was a, uh, a stripper at the airport lounge. And, uh... Yeah. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Wow. Uh, yeah. she Is there any other strip club in town? I don't, I don't think <laughs> oh, so. Oh, there's Silk. There's On the Border. <laughs> oh, wait. Before, Arts Performing Center. Uh, I've got... Before I go into the story, uh... They're on the border is in Franklin, Wisconsin. Club OTP. And, uh, I remember one time, uh, I was coming home with my family, and we, we drove past it, and there was one of those billboards that said, uh, Jesus is coming. And it was across the street from On the Border. <laughs> and, so, and so I'm like, oh, it's an advertisement because I'm not smart enough to get the other reference for it. And my parents are like cracking up and like, that's wrong, that's wrong. 
but now thinking, I, I remember that because I was like, oh man, that was so funny when oh. I said it was an advertisement. And now I'm like, oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's the greatest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh wow. So um, yeah, this girl, her mom worked at on the or at, at the airport lounge. Yeah. And uh, there was a one of these uh, Sundays where like we were just completely out of singles, completely out of singles. So she's like, oh, I'll call my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and her mom comes and has 200 singles wow. that she gives us. And like, then you're handling the money the rest of the day and it just feels dirty. It just, it just kind of smells a little bit like cheap perfume and you're like, oh, It's cocaine. like, oh, yes. <laughs> smells of cocaine. <laughs> you don't want to know what goes on at the airport lounge. <laughs> Apparently it's the hard, hardest strip club in town. <laughs> I'm thinking of hard. Those pilots going from the airport. Wait, wait. Speaking of hard, Carl. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. There, there was a poster, uh, like uh, a billboard, like Richard was talking about. Uh, further down, Twenty Seventh Street, Twenty Seventh and Rawson. No, I'm sorry. Further back, Twenty uh, Seventh and Ryan. And the the poster said. There's nothing too hard for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and often I would think about like certain bad things, but I was going to say something. Maybe those billboards are linked. <laughs> it's some like prankster who's like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make it look like I've got this religious message. But oh man, what's my friend? You know, people without them, with their minds out of the gutter will, will be like, We'll be like, oh, that's nice. Uh, the animators for Disney films. Yeah. <laughs> Loading it up with <laughs> uh, messages and references. Oh, uh, Jesus is coming. <laughs> There's nothing too hard for Jesus. <laughs> oh. Wow. So, uh, that's what I was thinking about. It's kind of funny. <laughs> that's, I probably would have laughed if I would sing it to myself. Oh, I... it's, it's good, Carl. It's good. Good, good add, adding. <laughs> uh, one of the, the reasons why I wanted to have um, you, Carl, and you, Mike, on the show, in addition to being on the kickball team, unfortunately, Andy Berman couldn't make it, but it was to make an announcement, and that announcement is that we're going to be launching um, our own podcast. A spinoff podcast. A spinoff podcast called the Robot Breakdancing Union Anthology, which will be uh, a chronicle of our high school band, um, and, and sort of band ever since then. Um, and it'll be each show will be like twenty minutes long. We'll cover two of our songs, and we'll 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 talk in between. Uh, we we won the the Franklin High School Battle of the Bands our senior, our senior year. year. Uh, it was our second show, <laughs> <laughs> and the first time I think we'd ever played together that year, uh, and all in the same place. Yeah, <laughs> well, we played. Okay, we played. In a, well, we played uh, at the junior year Battle of the Bands. Yeah, under we, a new different name. We played, yeah, we, we, we originally were Rick Hatchke Project Experiment. Um, here's the thing, though. We qualified for the Battle of the Bands because I went over to our friend Andy's house, recorded some vocal tracks. He went back and just tried to put music that would match <laughs> it. And it was just this really sloppy, like, okay, it kind of fits kind in pieces. Yeah, a little bit. We qualify for the Battle of the Bands where the opening act, we go out there, and we've never played before <laughs> as a band. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just making stuff up on the spot. And you win. And people like it. No, no, no we don't win. We took fourth place that year. Well, we come back amazing. next year, a little more refined, more songs under our belt, and win the Battle of the Bands. Wow. Sounds like a good, like, happy day story, almost. <laughs> Like Fonz and the boys start a band. <laughs> Since then, my brother has uh, been in several bands and done the battle of bands thing every year. He's in college now, but this is and I was I was amazed to see how much. I guess I don't know if it's funding that they've gotten more, because <laughs> I'll tell you, like I mean the the sound. I'll tell you. Let me tell you. The, the the sound equipment they've gotten has been considerably better since then. I think like what was it? I, the last time I went there was to see my brother play. It was two years ago. I think we had like crappy speakers or something to play with yeah when i was there when watching my brother he had like the sound equipment from shank hall <laughs> i swear to god i'm not even making that up and they won or so we won first place yeah our what was our trophy rick do you remember we we won like 250 dollars yes that's true the cash prize but do you remember what we won for like um did uh, we win a trophy 
No, we want a certificate oh, yeah. piece of paper that was printed off of like some bubble jet thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> Did it have the nice like tear signs yes. on it? <laughs> uh, and it just says congratulations, uh, Robot Breakdance Union thing. Oh. First place, battle of the bands. Oh, I was hoping some guy's like sitting by a computer, like ready to print. And yeah, he's like, no, he's. I think he's we got, got like three computers left. ready, and he's like, ah, uh, which one do I pick? <laughs> <laughs> so, what is also, so my brother wins second place, trophy three feet high. <laughs> it says second place, battle of the bands. I think I might have even said like the band name on it. You know what it Etched should have said? It. You know what it should have said? First place loser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, I hate to call your brother uh, out. No, it's yeah, he's, <laughs> he's yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't know. I but was, I, was mad. I feel like that's a funny story because I feel like you know it used to be like when we were in school, it'd be like the great actress always got cooler things than we got our new computers or like you know better whatever you know whiteboards instead of blackboards. Sure, stuff necessary for education. Yeah, better cooler <laughs> things. You know, but we thought it was cooler. And then, you know, now it's at this point with budget cuts and, you know, the recession and, you know, all this stuff where it's like, everything's being cut, so it's like, we used to have this, and now it just keeps getting worse and worse. But that's a, that's a nice story to hear, that something's actually... And frankly, it's going the opposite. <laughs> right. it's and frankly, the economy's booming. It's a, it's a, it's a city of commerce. <laughs> <laughs> Newsreel. Franklin, Wisconsin, 2008. I, I see, like, one of those 50s pictures, you know, where it's like, Franklin, the city of tomorrow. <laughs> Today. With the illustration of flying cars in <laughs> <laughs> Franklin's future. Oh, <laughs> uh, as long as we put enough money into the Battle of the Bands, the kids will figure it out. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The musicians are our future. <laughs> well, they are building that new um that that auditorium. Now they're finally getting that ball rolling. Oh, really? Yeah, it's been like. <laughs> we, I don't know, four or five years they've been talking about it. And now they finally got like they're, they're we, ready to start. Raising money. <laughs> we should say when we performed in high school in the plays and musicals, uh, the stage is a cafetorium. It used to be the cafeteria. It would be what you would find in an elementary school, <laughs> just slightly above the ground, <laughs> few feet. It's a, it was a mess. Like you, it's impossible to put on a professional or not an, an acceptable amateur production <laughs> with such a shitty stage. Oh wow. And uh, every year when we did the musicals the last one people would decide that it would be a good good idea to screw around for the whole show. <laughs> like, hey, the audience isn't there. Let's just have fun with this. <laughs> and uh, our last shows each year were like unwatchable. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> are they gonna build a second high school, or are they just gonna build an auditorium? It is the city of tomorrow. I don't know if we're gonna build a second high school. You're listening is to gonna... Franklin Matters, the podcast. <laughs> is it gonna? Is it gonna be? Uh, shoot of is the new high school gonna be built in the clouds? You know, <laughs> <laughs> on the ground. The castle in the sky. It'll be, the new high school will be built above the old high school. <laughs> I'm still there's like ladders. We're, gonna, we're gonna, gonna have propellers just holding it up on each side, kind of like. Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow <laughs> Jude Law is the principal. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Angelina Jolie is the VP. Nice. With the eye patch. <laughs> you know how to, how to take Angelina Jolie and make her instantly unattractive? Give her an eye patch. Let's <laughs> <laughs> make her Angelina Jolie. Oh! One of our biggest fans might have just shut off the podcast. <laughs> Brad Pitt is pissed. <laughs> I'll take him out. I was gonna. Say and so is John Boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're kind of dis. He still loves her, but she she doesn't accept him as her, as her father. Uh, anyway, uh, recently there was a bout of nasty weather. Were either of you affect? We talked. Drew and I talked about this on the last podcast. Were either of you? Affected by last week's storms. Um, it was a close call at the Schmaltz household. (laughs) (laughs) The whole house almost went down. (laughs) You know, we live, uh, actually our property butts up against a wildlife preserve. It's a fancy word for a swamp. (laughs) No, honestly, we got the whole gamut of frogs, toads, and just, just... Swamp land. Swamp land. (laughs) Is that where Kermit the Frog's from? (laughs) (laughs) The rainbow connection. (laughs) Right there. You should see it after. Gator face. It's beautiful. Beautiful. So, but yeah, when Franklin got its four inches of rain, um, we have two sub pumps for our house just to keep up with water that just normally seeps in. It was basically 
almost a losing battle. We had to go out and get a, a, a third portable sub pump, which we had to run into our bathtub. So yes, we were contributing to us dumping sewage into the <laughs> into the lake. Yes, I'm, you know, our Schmaltzes are responsible for part of the poo slip. Yay! <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we were, we ended up okay. My uncle's house got two inches in his basement. Ooh. So. Oh wow! But uh, we cleaned it up. It's okay now. They just lost a bunch of sentimental stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. They just <laughs> lost the thing. Yeah. 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 They, they lost the only no wedding pictures or uh, <laughs> my birth certificate. <laughs> <laughs> they lost the only type of possessions that matter. That's yeah, all right. You know, <laughs> so nothing of any real monetary value. Just, <laughs> I just, you know, I was just thinking about that. You know, people have like fireproof uh, like safes down in the basement. They should get like waterproof. Would, would those safes be waterproof as well? From fire? I don't know about that. <laughs> well, <laughs> typically if they're airtight so that the fire can't spread in there. <laughs> Alright, we've got a challenge. We've got a challenge. If you are a safe maker. <laughs> or Mythbusters. <laughs> you need to go out, make a safe that is both fireproof and, and waterproof. Because they can rust. You know, I get to see that thing, water seeping into those cracks pretty easily. <laughs> I, I do have one of those fire safe... Uh, Fire safes? Yes. Um, <laughs> it's a fire safe fire safe. <laughs> and I believe, if I understand the box correctly when I got it, is it becomes airtight once it's under fire. Like, it melts, like, the sides come together. So that from that point, it's, it's airtight, I think. So it's kind of sure. like the black box of an airplane. Exactly. And then you can't get the damn thing open. <laughs> it records everything that happens in Mike's house. Yeah. Every conversation. Hey, for dinner. I don't want to. <laughs> I got to go to bed tomorrow. <laughs> Cut to the investigators listening to I this. I would love to see like, the television version of that. Like, Mike's mom. Mike. <laughs> Mike's mom. <laughs> <laughs> like, swear it like, writes out the words. And, like, what like, I don't want to. I'm uh, unintelligible. <laughs> <laughs> it's question marks. Coming up next on Dateline, we delve deeper into the Schmalls household. <laughs> what un- really went unreleased down? Unreleased footage from the black box. <laughs> I would love a black box of, you know, that German guy who, like, kept his kids in the basement. Did you read about that? No. no. Oh, no. This, this is a really bad story. Let's uh, not talk about it. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's actually supposed movie. to bring people up, and not tell them horrifying. Hey, you guys should see the movie uh, *An American Crime* with uh, Ellen Page. It's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's about a girl who gets tortured in 1950s Indiana. It's, Check it out. Check it's it almost out. it's almost as funny as *Juno*. I think. I think. <laughs> It's a similar kind of movie. You should go out and check it out. Yeah. Catherine Keener is phenomenal. Oh. She loves that light subject matter that Ellen Page. She's gonna. She's this. She's have the you, female Tom Hanks. Have you seen that movie Hard Candy with her? Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen Hard Candy. Oh my god! Like it's. I think I have. We're we're. Uh, she like takes like a pedophile hostage or something. Yeah, and she like looks like a man. <laughs> she yeah. looks like she's got like her arms are exposed and she just looks like a top like. Tom. She looks like Melissa Morris. Uh, oh, she uh, scored a goal on you, Carl. Remember? If we ever make a biography right, of your life, Carl, she'll yeah. play Melissa Morris. <laughs> I, I, we have to be kicking each other in the shins. That was a primarily a thing that Moose and I had against each other. <laughs> <laughs> there, there were shin wars in six. Well, Ellie Page is a, she's a character actor. Oh, She'll just like kick her in the shins. Shin kickers is what it'd be. <laughs> shin kickers. One time uh, she was riding her bike uh, down the road. Ellen Page or Melissa uh, Morris? Both! It's the same person, right? It was a double body kick. <laughs> <laughs> it was a dead and I think she yelled something at me, so I picked up a rock on the side. <laughs> and I... <laughs> and I chucked it at her. You threw a rock at a girl on a... Two girls on a bike. Two and girls, two, two girls, one bike. But what, what's amazing about it is that the, I threw it with enough, like, leeway, and the rock, the way it curved, hit her bike while she was riding it. Uh, right on that, like, the crossbar in there. The center bar. <laughs> And she yelled at me, uh, if there's any damage, I have to pay 250 bucks whatever for the bike. Not, hey, not, hey, stop throwing rocks at me, you can kill me. But hey, if there's any damage, you have to pay $250 for the bike, Carl. Well, uh, it's probably not worth $250. How old were you? I was like the sixth grade, so. She was, she was Puppies nice were bike. expensive back in the day. Uh, if she was with the one that had a radio, <laughs> the street racer or whatever they call it. <laughs> 
the type of bike I had, which is the only way I know about it. <laughs> you had a street. It had a it was, radio? it was it was it had a, like a like a waterproof radio, on, <laughs> and it couldn't get any stations. <laughs> like there was no value to having this radio. Attached so you probably to it. still turn it on and searched every day, just in case. <laughs> yeah, then really people thought I was cool as I rode down the street with the bike going. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, do you have a good childhood bike story? Uh, like, do I? I don't. Mm, I don't think so. Carl does. I know. Well, I I, <laughs> I know this story. Carl, Carl well, has a good story. Yeah, one time uh, I threw a rock in the smoke. It just starts up again. <laughs> no. Well, uh. I had this bike. It oh, was we're thinking of the same story. The Phantom one? I think, yes, yes. Good to me. All right, well, I, well there's a couple of stories, so you, you have to prelude me into the story you're thinking of specifically. Prelude, okay. Same thing. Same difference. All right, all right, all right. Uh, <clears throat> one story that I think I can think of was uh, the bike, the front tire always seemed to got loose on me, and I was going over, like, the side curb, like, on the, from the sidewalk to the street, <laughs> and I do a wheelie with it, but the... <laughs> Crazy... <laughs> The tire tire comes off. (laughs) So I'm landing down without a tire on the bike. And it was, it was, it kind of hurt, but it was pretty funny at the same time. When I, when I look back on the bikes, the tire comes off. It rolls away. And I'm standing there holding just a bike without a front wheel as I I land the wheelie off the curb. So as I, as I was racking my brain for, um, bike stories, I came across one, uh, where I was, it's not a bike story, but it's a tricycle story. Well, it's um, deep, deep w- cut. Where uh, my family decided to go to uh, go play tennis. And the, the tennis, you know, courts, club with the pool area was about a mile and a half away from my house. And I really wanted to go, but they didn't take me with them. So, um, whoever was watching me, I decided to sneak out of the house. But before I do, um, I was really into Star Wars as a child. Um, particularly the opening scene of Return of the Jedi, where Luke Skywalker is wearing all black in the desert sun. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's mid July, and it's probably about ninety five to hundred degrees outside. But I decide to dress in a black turtleneck, black jeans, and wear black leather gloves on my hands. Wow. Get on my tricycle and bike up a hill, which. <laughs> Uh, was probably it's in San Diego and it's a very you know large steep hill and I'm just biking up this hill in a tricycle and eventually I get to like the main drag uh, where I lived and it was just like cars whizzing by this kid on his tricycle dressed up in all black with this fake lightsaber <laughs> this just wasn't at night I was <laughs> yeah that's where I thought I was going at first <laughs> I was ready for Job of the Hut and then it started getting dark but um, as soon as I get started getting close to where the tennis club was uh, one of our neighbors thank God came by in a minivan uh, this is where you know it's that sexual offender thing you think today they might have just been like you know, people are going to think it's weird if we stop and pick him up and give him a ride home, so we'll just let him go. He knows what he's doing. No, so they stopped, they picked me up, and they uh, took me home. But uh, um, I don't know. I was ready for anything, especially large sand pits, and yeah. uh, Lando was there, and it was good times. Um, when we were, when we were uh, discussing Melissa Morris earlier, it made me think, I've got, I've got two uh, stories. We might need to, need to go a little bit over today, if that's all right. That's true. fine. Um when uh, I was in sixth grade, we had a friend of ours named uh, Robert Frost. Robert, yeah. There, there was like this wooded area near your your house, his yeah. house, um, and uh, he took me out there, and and there was like a, a a little lake or not a little pond area, and there was like a three foot drop above it. Or no, no, I should say eight foot drop. I don't know why I said three foot. And he made us me jump off it. Like he's like, yeah. If you're gonna be a man, you gotta jump <laughs> off this. <laughs> and then I jump off it, and he's like, "You see where you are right there? Melissa Morris took a shit right One man. How did he know? <laughs> <laughs> he's been oh, following he her around. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this girl in so many weird stories? Uh, but like that's Frost for you. Like Frost was like, 
He's by like, Rob now, not yeah. Bobby anymore. Oh, I haven't seen him in ages, but... Texas uh, Roadhouse, check him out. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, he and I sort of had a fa- falling out um, our sophomore year of high school uh, when he and I, we used to do prank phone calls where we would call <laughs> an 800 number and like just be stupid on the phone. Um, it's a Friday night, I'm home from school, I'm practicing for a forensics tournament the next day. I get a call... And it's the South Dakota State Police. <laughs> and they're asking for a Mr. Charlotte. Uh, both Bobby and I liked a girl by the name of Crystal Charlotte. She was sort of, she divided us because we both wanted her affection. And uh, I'm like, this. what? This, you've got the wrong number. You know, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, no. Well, uh, s- someone left a threatening message at a bank in South Dakota and left this number identifying themselves as Mr. Charlo. <laughs> I'm like, what? The, so we're sending, we've contacted the, your local police and they will be coming over to your house. Oh my god! So the Franklin police come to my house, start interrogating me about this prank phone call. And it's like, what, well, what was it? They play for me the message and it's like, uh... It's like this this thing where the it's like it's a voicemail for some bank, and like it's clearly Frost, and he's like, oh yeah, well uh, if you don't give me the money, (laughs) there's gonna be trouble. My name is Mr. Charlo. You can contact me at four one four five two nine seven seven eight six. It's like what? That's not me. If it was me, why would I leave my phone number? And Frost completely denies it. It's not him. So, like, eventually it's dropped. But soon after that, Bobby's parents must have known something because then he was working at the, uh, like, pick and save. <laughs> Suddenly he was working there, like, full time after high school. <laughs> but I was thinking the other day, this made me think of it too, with, uh, I don't know if you heard of Jake Brom. He's a guy in Wauwatosa. He posted on an internet message board website just some stupid thing how uh oh yeah there's gonna be a terrorist attack at all these nfl stadiums and it was just he just put it on this stupid joke internet message board the fbi like arrested him and he just got a six-month sentence in federal prison he didn't email people he didn't threaten them but like in this post 9-11 age had that gone down this bank threatening. Yeah. I, I like a picture, like, I would have been falsely imprisoned. Thanks to Frost. <laughs> I would have been like Guantanamo Bay or something. Yeah, exactly. Deport me to Cuba. <laughs> Mr. Charlo. Mr. Harlow. Charlo. Charlo, you're, you're going to. It's not my name. <laughs> for a long time. Sure it is. Mr. Charlo. Catch, he made up name. <laughs> anyway, that reminds me of a great story, real quick. Um, we, we, I went to a dinner uh, on a date, actually. Uh, no, not last night, but a, a couple years ago. Um, and our waitress, you know, it was kind of later at night, and she was really fun and nice. And uh, we kind of just talked a little bit and chatted with her, you know, since it was, like, really near the end of her shift. So, um, And she was just like, you guys want to hear a really weird story? We were talking about weird stories. And we were like, yeah, sure, go ahead, waitress lady. Just sit right down and tell us the story. So she sat right down. Oh, sorry. I had some gas. Burps in front of us. Oh, I'm sorry. Anyway, and then she burped right in front of us. And then no. left. It was weird. It was really weird. And, and then, um, anyway, so she was like, oh, so my cousins decided to go down to the Schnett Aquarium down in Chicago. And uh, it's a pretty big aquarium. And uh, they had two kids. One was three, one was five. And uh, they're, they're exploring the place, you know. And then all of a sudden, they can't find their three-year-old. Where is he? Where's their three-year-old? They don't know where he is. They lock down the aquarium. No one in or out. They think that he's been abducted. And uh, Amber alerts are being Amber, sent out. Amber alerts, <laughs> Melissa Morris alerts are being sent out. And uh, so they're what? looking. <laughs> I was just trying to work her into my story. And so they find him. They find the three-year-old in the penguin exhibit. Anyway, they're on the ride home. Uh, they're, they're just happy they found him. All of a sudden, they're about five, ten minutes from their house. All of a sudden, the mother starts hearing noises from the back seat. Non-human noises. Uh-oh. 
They open the kid's backpack to find a baby penguin. (laughs) (laughs) The kid's backpack. Not only did he get into the exhibit, he had a penguin in his backpack. And they didn't find it. They didn't check him for penguins. (laughs) And so anyway, they call they call the Snow Aquarium. The Snow Aquarium calls uh, animal control. Animal control like surrounds their vehicle, their house, like drops in the SWAT. The SWAT animal control retrieves the baby penguin. They're never allowed back in the Snow Aquarium again. Never. So that's a wonderful penguin. Can you story. trust this waitress? Do you think she was being legit? No, I think she's being absolutely legit. Because then my <laughs> the girl I was with, the girl I was with, was like, yeah, I think I actually read about that in the newspaper. <laughs> Just corroborating this urban myth. <laughs> Maybe it's an urban myth, but it's a wonderful. It happened to my cousin's friend. <laughs> Three-year-old kid, he's got some skills. If he can, like, find his way into a penguin exhibit... And get a and penguin! Be, be crafty enough he's to take it. He's the next Danny Ocean. <laughs> Especially with the lockdown, they've got the laser sensors. He's climbing through grabbing baby penguins. <laughs> he can't steal anything else. He's just baby penguin. Gives it something so that it's quiet for the ride home until the final ten minutes. Yeah, what the hell kept it quiet the entire time? Were they, like, blasting rock the entire way home? <laughs> I think that's the isn't that the the plot line for Happy Feet? <laughs> Happy Feet too when they're in the zoo when they when the shed aquarium comes and takes them out. Oh, uh, so that's a fun story. Um, that's pretty good. Starting to wrap the show up. Uh, we always do an album recommendation. Um, Carl, is there a particular album that you're fond of? Um, I think like as I said during the last episode, I. I haven't had the chance to, like to buy any albums specifically, but I I've been listening to a lot of like singles as Drew would probably call them. Um, I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> Drew would call them singles. I don't know what the you know I know what you guys would call them. Yahoo's. <laughs> but I uh, I guess I'll just recommend uh, Tokyo Police Club. Uh, Tessellate is the song. It's pretty good. I, I totally enjoy it. So. Uh, Mike, is there an album of yours that has always been a uh, favorite? A favorite? Yeah. Uh, well, I was yeah, I, I was thinking more along the lines of something I've listened to recently. I, and I guess I mean this is, um, I would recommend if you haven't either either seen the show or decide or just heard any of the songs, I recommend the the uh, Flight of the Concords album. They uh-huh. came out. It's got all the music from the show. It's 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 fun if you like that kind of thing. If you like that show, you know. But uh, it's pretty good. I I like to say that Michael and I uh, on the way to Taekwondo this afternoon we're listening to a song. And, Michael, if you join me and and, and singing in one word, singing it. Hey, this is this is a oh, first. Yeah. This, this is a first. first. <laughs> yeah, is, like, like, remember, folks, we're doing a spinoff show. We're actually going to be having. This <laughs> yeah. So to give you we a hope taste, this so. the spinoff show goes more the way of Frasier and less the way of Joey. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a second season where like one of the episodes airs. <laughs> so go. Ahead. But you guys all get paid, which go is great. Yeah. Go ahead with your song. How does it? Like, now I'm going to spot you. Oh. I'm okay. sorry, it's like, no, no, go. I kissed a girl and I like it. Today's a very cherry chapstick. It's, uh, it's, it's a really funny song. <laughs> See, the, the vital part to this part, part. is that it's a girl singing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes. The, the girl singing a song saying how she likes kissing the. That she kissed this girl and she fulfilled her curiosity and she hopes her boyfriend doesn't mind. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so here's my experimental game. Drew, do you have an album recommendation? Uh, yeah, I actually just looked it up. It's um, I've been listening to it a lot lately. I didn't know the title of the album, but I knew the band. Uh, the band is called Band of Horses. Oh, okay. And uh, I just been it didn't come out you know newly, but it's just something I've been listening to a lot too. Is uh, their album called Cease to Begin. Um, with a lot of good tracks on there. I recommend <coughs> all of them. I'm going to recommend an album by a group called The Tropicals. It's their only album. This is, It's a major influence for uh, Mike and I. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a live album of theirs called uh, uh, Live at the Jungle. And uh, there was a song on there called Emily, which Mike and I performed at the Robot Breakdance Union's concert when, when we won it was the Battle of yeah. I dressed up like Don Johnson and had bongos. <laughs> I had socks in my White linen suit and everything. It would have been better if you were Matthew McConaughey with bongos. <laughs> <laughs> um, naked. Also, we do movie recommendations, things that you guys, a favorite of yours, something you've seen recently. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll make the same recommendation in the last episode that I do now. Uh, Southwest Tales. 
Self-slammed. Self-slammed. <laughs> I did it again. You messed it up I'm the like, same as you did in the other one. I was, I was the same. I was like, hilarity. <laughs> uh, Self-slammed Tales. It's got Dwayne Don Johnson or whatever his name is. Dwayne, Dwayne Don Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> they would create the ultimate They play Siamese twins. <laughs> <laughs> They're connected. I'm Dwayne Don Johnson. Hey, I'm Dwayne Johnson. I'm Don Johnson. And we're twins. <laughs> and we're Dwayne Don Johnson. <laughs> The Miami Vice Scorpion King. <laughs> Which is very odd because actually The Rock does come from Miami and he does, he played for the Miami Harry Paints. Did he? <laughs> yeah, no, until he, he was a vice detective. <laughs> <laughs> Incidentally. Uh, Mike? So, so, wait, Southland Tales, I don't think we finished. What, 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 what is that movie? Uh, it's, it's with it's, Dwayne Johnson. It's with Dwayne Johnson and. Um, I can't think of the other Sarah Michelle Gellar, Sean William Scott. Yeah. It's the, was it the sophomore effort by? Richard Kelly. By Richard Kelly. Who did Donnie Darko. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, sounds good. <laughs> you got anything about it? Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's kind of, <laughs> oh, yes, I, guess I did that see something. <laughs> I did see something a while ago that I, uh, this past week. That, I mean, it's kind of, kind of more artsy, independent. Um, picked up a blockbuster because it looked good. Um, it was, it's called, uh, Basically, it's, it's a collection of like 16 short films called Paris, I Love You. Um, oh, yes. Yes, that's a good movie. movie. Yeah. I, I found it interesting. It's a collection. Of, it's 16. I think it's... I'm pretty sure it's just 16. Yeah, it's got a, a bunch of good directors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coen Brothers did a film for it. Um, Tom yeah. Teichfer, who did Runnel the Run, contributed a film. Um, his star is Natalie Portman. It's my favorite of the uh, collection. I like that one, too. That Incidentally, yeah. they're also doing a spinoff of Paris, I Love You, New York, I Love You. Uh, similar really? concept. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. With uh, just pretty much every, you know, actor between the ages of like 18 and 35 that you can think of. <laughs> yeah, it's got, a, it's got a good cast. Natalie I, Portman's cute. <laughs> 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 no, I can prove this in. I think about her, her acting ability at all, but she's cute. <laughs> I, think, I think we've got a title. Natalie Portman's <laughs> cute. <laughs> uh, Drew, a uh, movie recommendation for you? Um... Cramp. I have one in mind. Cramp? <laughs> Crap. No, I... A, a coming-of-age tale for every high school teenage girl. <laughs> oh! Oh, 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 my schmoles! Oh. Menstrual joke! I find all around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah! yeah. No, I'd actually recommend... Uh, what's the Ellen Page film? <laughs> Hard Candy or An American Crime? An American, Juno. An American Crime. Have you uh, seen An American Crime? <laughs> I'm gonna recommend I, it. I, I, I'm recommending it to myself. I'm I'm recommending it because I'm going to watch it this week. And uh, you can watch it with me and find out the hilarity. It's a dark, dark comedy. Not just a dark comedy, but a dark, dark comedy. Black. Uh, and it features one of those, those girls. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Um, I'm going to recommend Paul Bartel's film Cannonball. Um, it's from Roger Corman Studios from the 70s. It has a great cast. Uh, David Carradine, Dick Miller... Um, just a really silly, ridiculous movie with a big car crash scene <laughs> at the end, and uh, a German whose car explodes as he's singing. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah. Oh, All right. Um, I think that's that's gonna wrap it up for this episode. Yeah. Uh, episode five of Internet's Maximum Potential, uh, tentatively titled Natalie Portman's Cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been Rick Katchke. I've been Drew Steck. I'm Carl Habermel. I'm Mike Schmaltz. And this has been The The Internet's Maximum Potential. Potential. First guest show. Thank you, guys. Thank you.